Hi guys, it's Elissa here, and we are finally back with another episode of the Intentional Apostolic Podcast. And before we jump in, I want to pray, Jesus, please let this podcast be for your glory. Let it touch the people that it needs to touch. Let it be a blessing to your kingdom and impact for good the people that you have in mind, the people that you want to touch. Now today, we kind of have a little bit of an interesting topic. I know that some of us, when we think about God, you know, God is a merciful God, God is a loving God, and you know, He gives us the gift of the Holy Ghost, and He really, really loves us, but sometimes that love takes on you know, the tough love when he says no. Now, in my opinion, you know, there are three different types of no that I can think of. The first one is no when it's outside of our control. When God, you know, his decision is no and it's outside of our control. Like when a loved one dies or, you know, Something happens and we don't get to decide that. We don't get a choice over that. The second type is when we do get a choice. So sometimes, you know, God's will or God will tell us no, but because we are beings of free will, we get the choice whether we're going to be obedient or whether we're going to do our own thing. And the third type of no is when it's a no wait of a no not right now it's not like a definitive no never but it's a no for right now you know without necessarily a timeline of when it will be a yes or when it'll be a maybe but today i want to talk about the second one when it's a no but we have a decision in it when it's a no and we get to choose Now, I'm going to tell you a story that hopefully, at least for some of you guys, will be kind of relatable. I know that on some other platforms, I've talked about some of my previous relationships, but I haven't told this one. So, about a year and a half, two years ago, I met a guy at work, and um, he was like, solid Christian. Like, I could tell he loved God. Like, he was very involved in his church. And, like, so, like, in the short interaction, like, he got my number and, you know, we started texting and I was like, okay. So, I went on a date with him because I'm not going to sit here and, like, wait forever like I need to know one way or the other like I'm not gonna sit here and like drag somebody along or string somebody along because that's not the type of person I am like I don't believe in playing with people's emotions like that just that's not Christian anyway so I go on a date with this guy and like the people that know me know that (laughs) sometimes when I go on a date or whatever I can get very serious very quickly so like on the first date I'm asking like what some people would consider like third and fourth date questions like I'm asking the serious stuff like what do you believe do you have a job like what do you want out of life you know I need to know these things because I'm not gonna you know waste somebody's time 
So by the end of the day, like I had found out that, you know, overall he was a pretty solid guy. Like he had a great job. He owned his own company. Like he was pretty solid. Um, he was super involved in his church, you know, musically gifted, like check, check, check on my list. Um, but after I left the date and I went home and like I was sitting in my driveway in my car and I was just like praying and talking to the Lord and I was like, okay, God, so what do you think? I mean, like he's cute. He has a job. Like, mm -hmm, what do you think? And God's like, no. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? No. No. And it was a firm no. And I'll admit, in that moment, my flesh, my flesh didn't like that. Because as a single person, you know, I had been single for quite a while at that point. I've been single for even longer at this point. But in that moment, you know, I, my flesh was like, you've been single girl for a while. And, you know, he's cute. He has a job. He loves Jesus. You know, why not? But God said no. So I couldn't, you know, start dating him or get in a relationship with him. And in that moment when he said no, I didn't completely understand or know all the reasons. Now, I will tell you that, like, later on, I did stay, like, friends with him, but I was like, this is not going to work. Later on, I did find out that, like, some of his doctrinal beliefs and everything, even though he was... Pentecostal of sorts, some of his doctrine was not, I would say not solid enough in the way that I believe. I believe in one God. I believe in infilling of the Holy Ghost by speaking in tongues. Like, you know, there's just some stuff that I'm not willing to compromise on. And even though in that moment, I didn't know that he wasn't fully committed there, because I was obedient, God protected me. Now, for those of us who are single, sometimes it's really, really easy, especially if you've been single for a while, or even if you haven't been single for a while, for your flesh and your emotions to get involved really, really easily and very, very quickly. And side note, fasting and like keeping your flesh under subjection will help you, you know, be able to have clarity in those moments. But even with all that, your flesh still rises up and it wants to do its own thing in spite of what God said, in spite of what God's word says. You know, Romans 7, 18 says, for I know that in me, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the thing that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Basically, when the Holy Ghost in me wants to do the right thing, the flesh, the humanity in me is like, nah, nah, we got to do our own thing. We're not going to listen. And, you know, even though we might have the Holy Ghost and, you know, we might be saved, there's still going to be moments where our flesh wells up and wants to do our own thing. 
And, you know, you might have various reasons for that just because, you know, maybe you're lonely. And just because you're lonely is never a reason to compromise your standards. Like, you need to know what the Bible says. You need to know what you believe and not compromise on that. I don't care how long you've been single. I don't care how lonely you are. I don't care how cute they are. That person, that relationship will never be worth your salvation. It'll never, any relationship here on earth will never, never be worth enough or mean enough to sacrifice your relationship with God over. I don't care what anybody says or anybody thinks. It never will. You know, and just let's backtrack a little bit. So let's take this guy. I met him and like I had like very little uh, knowledge going into it. But I want to say something. If you're going to get with somebody, you need to know what they believe by the fruit in their life, not just what they profess. Matthew chapter 7 says, beware of false prophets. And guess what? This principle applies to false saints too, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. You're going to know what somebody is by the fruit and the results of what's going on in their life. What they're posting on social media, what they're saying in secret, what type of events are going on in their life, what kind of spiritual and emotional and mental fruit they are seeping when they're around you and when they're not around you. You're going to know what kind of person they are based on their fruits, not just by what they're speaking and what their uh, lips may be flattery towards you. And, you know, I'm really grateful for God's protection because he sees and he knows who people truly are, even when we are unaware and we don't know who they are. Like the guy... I didn't know, like, going into it that, you know, he wasn't sure about certain doctrinal things. But God knew. God protected me even before I knew. And, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in that moment of attraction where, you know, our flesh has desires. But God knows the truth. Which way are you going to choose? And, you know, the other thing about this whole no thing is sometimes that no may take on the uh, no for right now because it's a test to see if we're going to be obedient and trustworthy. If you can't follow through with your choice to be obedient, you're not going to be happy when God's will, you know, dictates what happens in your life and you don't get a choice in it. If you can't be faithful when he gives you a choice, you're definitely not going to be happy being faithful when God just decides for you. And you know, sometimes being obedient takes 
faith when you don't see through your fleshly eyes how things are going to work out. Sometimes, you know, God will say no to a job and like, you know, in your flesh that you have all these bills, but God knows that maybe that job, you would meet somebody there that would end up, you know, causing you to stumble. Or maybe it's that, you know, by trusting him and by being obedient, he's going to bless you with a better job than whatever, you know, benefits and package that that job had. Like, just because God says no doesn't mean that, like, he's abandoning us or, you know, he doesn't have our best interests at heart. Like, God's word literally says in Luke 12, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Like, God doesn't want bad things for you. God loves you. So when he says no, that no is for your good. That no means that he has your best interest at heart. That no means that he's looking out for you. Now, once you've committed to following through and being obedient, there's some additional steps to this whole no process. You got to make sure that what is coming out of your mouth, what thoughts you're dwelling on, fall in alignment with what God said. Like, if God says no, if God told you no, don't go around trash talking to other people, trash talking to yourself, allowing yourself to go down thought processes that go against whatever God said, whatever God dictated. You know, Matthew 5, 37 says, let your communication be yay, yay, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. AKA, you are going to get yourself in trouble if you can't watch your mouth. I believe it's in Psalms that says, you know, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. Don't get yourself all tripped up because you can't shut your mouth up. Now, after you get your words in order, you got to get your actions in order. Let's take a look at James chapter 1. It says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own self. If you can't talk the talk, if you can't walk the walk, well, let's take another look. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway he forgetteth what manner of of man he was. We got to take a good look at ourselves and make sure that we're following through not only in our talk, but in our walk. We got to make sure that we are staying focused on what he wants. And you know, I'm going to give you an example, a biblical example, of somebody who they had the opportunity to be obedient. They had the opportunity to do right. 
But they got the obedience, they got the timing off, and it wrecked their life. If you want to read the full passage, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 15. But I'm going to zero in on this one verse. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. So basically, Saul got his timing off and he got his obedience off because Saul was not a Levite and he wasn't a priest. So he was not supposed to be offering sacrifices. But because Samuel, who was the prophet and the designated person to do the offering, didn't show up as quickly as Saul thought he should, he took matters into his own hands and did the sacrifice. And just as he's, you know, wrapping up and getting everything done, Samuel shows up and is like, what'd you do? Why didn't you wait? Like, why, why did you choose to disobey when you knew what the rules were? And so, you know, Samuel says, you know, God, God doesn't care what type of restitution or special sacrifice you can, you know, deliver on a silver platter. If you can't obey the simple commands that I gave you in the first place, it doesn't matter, you know, what kind of fancy thing or, you know, self-justification that we can give God if we're not going to be obedient in the first place. You know, Saul took himself down this path by his choice to disobey that, you know, at the end of his life, he ended up losing out with God. He lost his kingdom. He ended up doing a lot of very shameful and horrible things. Why? Because he couldn't be obedient and listen when God gave him simple commands when God gave him simple instructions, he couldn't be obedient and listen to God. And you, that's, that's really scary when we, you know, apply that to our lives, that if we can't obe- if we can't be obedient and we can't, you know, listen to God and follow through when he tells us no, guess what? We're tripping ourselves up. And when we don't obey God... Guess what? That makes it really, really hard for him to bless us. You think God's going to sit up there and bless disobedience? <laughs> no way. You think God's going to just sit up there and, you know, A-okay, you can do whatever you want? I mean, yes, he gives us free will. But for us to be blessed, we got to be in alignment with him. We got to get our flesh under subjection. We've got to do what he says to do. Now, let's take it a step further. I know some of you guys, you know, you want to know how to hear the voice of God. Like, you know, it's all nice. We can have all these scriptures. But how do I, you know, learn to hear the voice of God? 
Well, there's part of it. You got to learn. Some some people, you know, just automatically start hearing the voice of God. Maybe you were raised in church and you had the privilege of that. But some of us, you know, weren't. And it's a steep learning process. And I'm going to give you three sort of categories where you can hear the voice of God. The first one is the Bible. If it doesn't line up with God's word, well, it's not the will or word of God. Because John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. If it doesn't line up with God's word, it ain't God. John 8, 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let me let me give you a little insight on that. If you're walking with Jesus, if you're in alignment with Jesus, you're going to have light. You're going to have understanding. You're going to have perspective that people around you that don't have that relationship with God won't have. You're going to have a trajectory in life that's way better because you're obedient to God and because he sees things that you don't down the road that you don't know to prepare for. You don't know how he's looking out for you, but because you're obedient, you avoid that pitfall. And, you know, I'm going to take it somewhere else. Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So, back in the Old Testament times, they had like these little bitty lamps that they would tie to their feet when they would have to go somewhere at night. And so these little bitty lamps would light up the path just enough to take a step or two, but not much further. And you know, sometimes God does us the same way. You know, he he gives us a step or two, but he doesn't show us the full plan. He doesn't show us the full path. But we have to trust him. We have to be obedient. We have to follow through with that step. Like God's not necessarily going to give you another step if you haven't followed through and taken that step that he already showed you. If you haven't done what he already told you, why should he tell you more? Why should he give you more if you haven't used, if you haven't done what he already gave you? Okay, now, moving on. Type number two on how we can learn to hear the voice of God. This should be really obvious, but I'm going to say it. Prayer. If you're not praying, if you're not talking to Jesus and taking time to also listen to him, it's going to be really hard to hear him. If you're not listening, it's really hard to hear. Now, let's take a look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Now, the backstory to this is Samuel was a little boy. He was living in the temple and... He thought that Eli, which was the head priest at the time, was calling him. So he got up, went to Eli, and was like, Eli, did you call me? And Eli's like, nah, I didn't go back to bed. 
So Samuel goes, lays down, and he hears a voice again that says, Samuel, Samuel. And gets back up and goes to Eli. It's like, you called me, right? And Eli's like, nah, go back to bed. Like, this happens several times until Eli kind of figures out, you know, you know, maybe God's calling you. Maybe God's trying to talk to you. So, you know, whenever you go back and lay down, you know, just say, Lord, speak, because I'm listening. And so Samuel goes back and he lays down. And what he says, he says, speak, for thy servant heareth. Now, I'm going to say something. When you take on the posture of a servant, it makes it a lot easier to hear the voice of God. If you've got pride and arrogance and haughtiness in your spirit, that's going to clog up your ears to where it's a lot e- a lot harder to hear the voice of God. When you take on a spirit of humbleness, when you put yourself into a servant's position, that's when God's like, yeah, I can speak to them. I can speak to her. I can speak to him. Don't, don't be tripping. God, God's not going to bless pride. Now, third way that God can speak to you. Now, I should say that God can speak in any way that he chooses But these are three solid ways. Third way is through your man of God, your pastor. You know, 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, For after the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Your man of God is put there for a reason. God instituted that. And if you can't submit... Let me give you another insight. If you can't submit your spirit and be humble, it's really, really, really hard for the anointing to flow in your life. And if you want to be used, if you want to be in alignment, then you need that anointing in your life. You got to be submitted. You got to be in alignment with the authority. You know, the Old Testament teaches us that when Aaron was anointing, that anointing oil flowed from the top of his head, down his beard, down the skirts of his garment, to the soles of his feet. The anointing of God, the spirit of God, the blessing of God, it flows down from the head. And if you're not in alignment with that head, if you're not getting your flesh, your humanity, your pride, whatever it is, out of the way and stepping into the alignment with the structure that God has created, that God has blessed, that God has ordained, then you're missing out on what God has for you. You know, don't rob yourself because you think you know better. Don't be tripping. God knows best. God created this whole world. God knew what was going to happen, what's going to happen. You know, he created everything. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He knows everything. Why would we think 
that we know better. Why? Why should we follow what our humanity wants? What our humanity thinks? When the creator of all the world has given us the opportunity to get ahead by being obedient, to follow through with that insight that he's given us. Why would we pass that up? Why? Nothing, nothing, nothing in this world. Our flesh, our flesh, you know, the Bible teaches us that our heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Our hearts, our fleshly hearts' desires, our own will and our own way, it's never worth it. God's ways are higher than our ways. When God tells you no, it's for your good. When God says no, it's because he loves you, because he has your best interest at heart. So the next time you feel that prodding in the spirit when God's telling you no or you read in your word in your daily devotion and you get convicted over something that God's word says and he's telling you no through his word or maybe you're sitting in church and your preacher preaches about something and God tells you no about something in your life, listen, because that's how God loves you. That's how God's trying to protect you. That's how God's trying to look out for you. Don't disregard it. Because when you disregard what God says, you'll wreck yourself. When God says no, you got to trust him. You got to have faith that he knows what's best. And you got to obey. You got to talk the talk, walk the walk. And you know, I really pray that if there's something that God's been tugging on your heart over, something that he's been trying to speak to you over, something that he He's saying no to, but your flesh says yes. Your flesh wants that. I pray that you would surrender that part of your heart. That you would surrender whatever that thing is. And say, not my will, but thy will, Lord. Not my ways, but your way, Jesus. Not what I want, but what you want. No matter what, I want what you want for my life. <laughs>